Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for checking out another episode of Woke and Baked. Real quick, I want to give a thank you to the very solid support that I have been receiving from these fine local businesses. Iron Asylum, located at 35165 KB Drive in Soldotna. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook, as well as their website, theironasylumgymak.com. They carry supplements, as well as those super-duper cool fuck cancer shirts. Proceeds are going to uh, to support the family of a local resident fighting colon cancer right now. I was at Iron Asylum this morning. I got my workout in. I feel better about my day. I highly recommend that you go into that gym or whatever gym you go to, wherever you're going to a gym, and start your day off like that rather than like all the bullshit that comes with like living in a house. Start your day there. Unless, you know, you like the bullshit of living in, in your house and all the people there. Which, by the way, I'm not saying the people that you live with are bad. I'm just saying that it helps me prepare for the day when I get the gym uh, knocked out first thing. It You know, there's nothing else going on. That's where I'm at. So I would recommend that to you. All right. Um, there you go. Shout out to the zombie squad, by the way. Those, those of you that come in at like 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. Bless your hearts, all right? You are some beautiful human beings, and I'm grateful you're there. All right, if you are interested in Iron Asylum, be sure to check them out on the social medias, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, as well as, you know, their website. Give them a call, 907-953-4720 to set up an appointment to join that super-duper sweet-ass gym today. All right, the Schnitzel Bomber, located on the corner of K Beach and Poppy, really close to Iron Asylum, by the way. Rated 5 out of 5 on Facebook. This week's uh, special is a braised Italian beef. It's not going to be ready uh, for a couple of hours, so by the time you hear this podcast, you should be getting closer to the time that you should get, uh, or you could actually get the braised Italian beef. They said it wasn't ready at opening, but it will be ready later today. In the meantime, they also have a spatzel, which is a sautéed egg noodle. I like to get it smothered and covered, like I was going to Waffle House and I was getting my hash browns done. Just have them put all kinds of silly stuff in there and go bananas. All right. At any given time, they have a host of really good specials. You can also ask them to freestyle something keto for you, and they can do that for you uh, as well. Now, very cool deal that I have worked out with the Schnitzel Bombers to save you money or so that you can share food. That's cool too. You go in, you get your $10 portion, all right? You tell them you, you would like the $10 Woke and Bake special. You give them that crispy 10. They give you a meal fit for one, like an actual person to consume. Because if you get the, the full price special, it's a lot of food, and you, I would recommend sharing it so that you're not, you know, you're not going immediately to sleep. You might get a little bit woozy from the single person meal, but like if you, if you eat like the full special, man, you're going to bed. But if you've got a significant other, you got yourself a little boo thing, and you want to get a, you know, a date out of this, Get yourself the, the regular full price special, mention the podcast, and get yourself some bread pudding to go along with that. There you go. I am hooking you up, fine folks. I am I am helping share the love for all of us. All right, just mention the podcast when you're uh, when you're at the Schnitzel Bomber. Also, uh, Red Run Cannabis Company, located on the Kenai Spur Highway. They are the growers of fine cannabis as well as the uh, manufacturers of fine concentrates, cartridges, hashade, and many, 
many more products. They also carry products from your favorite cultivators, including Alaska Blooms, Warner Brothers, as well as products from Lady Grey, Fireweed Extracts, and many, many more. Be sure to check out their website, redruncannabiscompany.com, for more information as well as weed maps for their current menu. All right, by the way, shout out to Alaska Blooms. They've got a New Year's Eve party going on tonight. So if you want a party for New Year's Eve, that is a place you can go, especially if you're in Fairbanks. There you go. Boom. Uh, Headlined by Bishop Slice, Fat Trophy Wife will be performing, and I just got word that Alaska Red will be there. So if you have yet to check out an Alaska Red show, that's a very cool opportunity to do it. He puts on a very good show. Also, Bishop Slice puts on a damn good show. If you have not seen Bishop Slice, this is, again, your opportunity to, providing you're in Fairbanks. If you're not in Fairbanks, you're going to have a hard time uh, seeing him tonight, unless they broadcast it on Instagram, in which case, there you go. You can check it out on Instagram if that be the case. So, uh, also, Fat Trophy Wife, I have not seen her perform live, but her brother is comedian Joe Stoltz, so maybe it's genetic. We'll see how that works out. All right. Uh, Last, certainly not least, 5150 Vapes, located in the heart of Soldatna. If you are over the age of 21 and you like flavored nicotine juices, they are a place for you. They sell mods, they sell shatter batter, and they are your exclusive home for woke and baked t-shirts, all right? So if you want to support the podcast, that is a place you can go and buy one of those t-shirts. But more t-shirts are coming, so there you go. All right, today's guests, Seth Stacy and Victor Rodriguez. Seth has been on the podcast a time or two previously. Victor is an MMA fighter fighting for the AFC's 135-pound belt on February 26th, I believe. I'm looking at February 16th, but I'm fairly certain that's wrong going to go out on a limb and say it is the 26th of February in Anchorage. Uh, We touch on that as well as the upcoming Conor McGregor fight uh, with Cowboy Cerrone. Now, Seth is Victor's coach, and he gives us a a breakdown of that fight as well as several other uh, potential matches uh, and some already made matches. So if you're curious about uh, some of the, the main events coming up in the UFC, we talk about some of that stuff. All right. Now, without further ado, I got through that really quick, man. All right, so since I got a little bit of time, alaskahiphop.com is the new website. If you are interested in hip-hop in the state of Alaska, it's it's a place. It is a place that is trying to become a a one-stop spot for all things uh, hip-hop in Alaska. So if you would like to participate in uh, in any of those things, be sure to check out alaskahiphop.com and be sure to reach out. Now, if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, be sure to check, uh, or be sure to just send me an email or leave a comment below. Wokeandbakepodcast at gmail.com is one easy way to do it. Also, uh, the Iron Asylum podcast is an upcoming podcast. Uh, the first podcast is already up on SoundCloud, so it, look up Brandon Miller and you will find it. Look up Brandon Miller, Iron Asylum, and you will get what you are looking for. All right. Without further ado, here we go. All right. Good day, good afternoon, good Whenever it is you are listening to this, thank you very much for listening to this. The levels, the levels, the levels are good. I am sitting down today with a previous guest, person we've hung out with before. He's taught us some things about martial arts. Mr. Seth Stacey. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Okay. What's up? And, uh, and our, well, new to the podcast, uh, Victor, I don't know what his fight name is, Rodriguez. Thank you, thank you guys. Yeah. All right, so Vic, uh, coming up. 
in a couple of weeks, you've got uh, you've got a fight in the AFC. This is not your first fight in the AFC, uh, correct? Correct. Okay, uh, but you are you are fighting for a title. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so the first question, and then let's get all the big questions out of the way. When is that? It's going to be February twenty sixth. Twenty sixth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that will be in Anchorage in the AFC. Uh, shout out, by the way, to to the AFC. Um, uh, shout out to, to Nick Heron and all those all those fine folks. AFC Sarah. Um, how did this fight come about? Um, I was looking for a fight. You know, I was just kind of kind of looking for a tougher opponents and stuff like that. And then uh, I ended up getting uh, Chris Burbridge. Could you, you speak know? up just a little bit? Uh, I was gonna. Uh, I ended up getting a fight with Chris Burbridge for January, the twenty second, I believe, and. Uh, that was all good to go, and then uh, the next day he found out that he was going to fight in the lower 48 for... For Cage know, Titans. Yeah, for Cage Titans, so yeah. it's a better opportunity and stuff like that. So that left me without an opponent, and uh, we're trying to find an opponent, and, and Jared's name just got brought up, and then we just kind of accepted it, and that's how it was just pretty simple, you know, pretty okay. easy. Who's yeah. Jared? We were, we were offered a couple other opponents, but they declined on short notice, which is pretty smart. You don't want to fight Vic on two weeks out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they did. They didn't want to take that fight. Um, and then we were offered, you know, potentially like, hey, what about Jared Mazurik? You know. And then well, I was like, well, let me talk to Vic. You know, because Nick was like, well, what about a title, title shot with Jared? You know, for uh, you know, because the title right now for 135 is vacant. Um, Toby, uh, what's his name? Forget his name. Toby um, vacated it. We're gonna say Toby week. Keith. Yeah, no, the it's country not. Singer. I think it's <laughs> who also. I'll, have to, I'll look up his name. He, Please he do. fought Jared in 2017. Got to give him all his props. Um, and uh, so then he got picked up. Went to Bellator. Toby did, and so he ended up vacating the belt, and it's been vacant since. Okay, so this is this is very cool. Is it? How do you feel going in and, and fighting for for a, a, a vacant belt? I mean, you're not you're not taking on the champion. You guys are you guys were essentially decided are the two guys that are going to fight for this belt. How does that make you feel? <laughs> well, Jared, Jared's been the 135 pound champ over there for a, a long time. You know, he's 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 putting a lot of work and stuff like that. Um, to me, he's a he's a very hard opponent. You know, um, he's got some really awesome ground game and stuff like that, but I'm, I'm just ready to challenge myself, see where I'm at, you know, and it's a good test just to see where I'm at. And just fighting for a bill, I mean, uh, it just adds on to pressure and stuff like that, which I need to work on, you know, it gives me a good opportunity to uh, just just feel those emotions and just try to try to conquer them and just try to try to be in it, you know. Uh, if I want to go to the next step, you know, that's, that's I'm going to be feeling those things, you know, so it's, uh, it's, it just adds on to it, you know, it makes, you know. So, um, by the way, I'm, I'm really excited about this. For, for yeah. people who listen to the podcast on, on even a quasi-regular basis, like just a couple of weeks ago during our review of The Irishman, it, it came up that like you your fighting came up during a, a review of an Al Pacino movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was like we, we, were, we were all talking. It's like we want to see you. We want to see you take that next step. And this isn't just like that next step this right. is this is it man and and, right. and we're all really excited to get behind you yeah. this is going to be broadcast i'm assuming on fight pass it's yeah it's going to be on ufc fight pass uh, which is a great opportunity for vic to get put his you know skill set out there um something i do want to say it's interesting this is kind of funny is like if you look at vic's record as a professional on sure dog it says that it's, it's one and two um but it's really not he's eight and two it's just that he's had other promotions um, through like Sure Dog and stuff like that. They won't or, uh, recognize 
professional fights, even though that he went the distance, did the things that he needed to do for those fights, because the referee wasn't sanctioned. So, so they don't recognize that. If that makes sense, that that makes sense. The, so, so yeah. you know, Vic's a lot more of a tough opponent than the record shows. He's actually two and two. He fought John George down here in a professional bout, and um, he ended up beating him in the first round by TKO. So, even we haven't reported that to Tapology, which we would take care of. But as far as his record, he's two and two. He's a professional. Based on what's going to show on his record, but really he's eight and two. So, well, I mean, it makes so sense. so if you guys are listening to the podcast and you look up Vic and you yeah. see, oh, why is he getting a title shot? He's getting a title shot because he's good enough to be there. Nick Heron, which he was a professional fighter and he fought in the World Series of Fighting, um, he, and he's now the owner of the AFC. He has a good understanding of what Vic's skill set and potential is. And, I, I I agree, and, so, I, and I think yeah. it, for the the, the casual yeah. listener or, or listeners who aren't really into MMA, um, SureDog is sort of they're a really good place to find a record for fighters and find their history. They are they are like a really like a Wikipedia for mixed martial arts. They've been around for a very very long time, uh, and you've had in the past guys who have reported like bogus records. Uh, and so you have to be very grateful that, I mean, whether or not, like, they're using something to, Absolutely. to tell you how, uh, how a fighter is, is ranked. They have at least some kind of system. Uh, Everybody goes place. through Tapology now. Okay. Right? That's Breakout the, Tapology? Tapology. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's just a record. They keep records of all the fights. That's who, like, Dana White and those guys <coughs> and some of the larger people go through to look at records. Okay. Um, and Gio, Giovanni... Um, uh, which is the commentator for the AFC, and he's also a, uh, like a great striking co- coach here in the state. I talk with him quite a bit, you know, really like the guy. Um, he also, he's, it, so if you guys actually have a messed up record or you need to get fights taken care of to get on your professional record, you should talk to Gio. He can get that taken, taken care of. He can talk to Tapology for you and get that set. But that's that Tapology is like sure dog. It's a, just basically where all the fighters' records are. And then they have a, na- uh, a state and a national ranking system within the state. Oh, so, that's very cool. So, yeah, Tapology is pretty cool. You know, and he, he you know, just got to contact him, fix fights. That's what I've got to talk to, you know, Gio about for Vic. Now, as a coach, um, how do you prepare a fighter for... Uh, going from from a regional circuit to now you're going to um, now you're going to be on this this level with more eyes on you. Don't worry about it. Um, well, I think number one is making sure that your fighter or your martial artist has the proper skill sets and fundamentals, basics and fundamentals, right? Because that's really what wins fights for you. Yeah. So when you give them that foundation, you get them set, and then as they grow. Are you talking about training outside? Are you just talking about the competition, or is the level of the competition grows? Well, the, the the prepping for the visibility of it, because you're you've um, well, he should probably have some of that, and yeah. that ends up being psychology, right? A yeah. little bit, you know. He's got to be able to believe. He's got to have a champion mindset. He's got to have a champion work ethic. He's got to have, you know, a lot of that can be either they can be given, or he needs to study and educate himself about what that is, you know, for for himself. Uh, a coach's position is to help guide him or guide the person to learn right for them to find i I can't find vic's path for him i can see the path kind of like like in a way like a parent you give advice yeah 
and you steer them into that direction. I've been doing that with Vic since pretty much day one, right? You know, so how long are we talking? Like how long? Oh, that was my next question. How long have you and Victor been together? We've been to, like as is a coach, and well, I mean, first off, me and Vic are friends, right? Like, there's a dynamic there. I'm not just his coach. We started as friends, right? And we are friends, brothers, like family, you know. Of course. So there, there's a difference, right? Um, in, in the beginning, uh, shoot, I know five, six years, easy. We've known yeah. each other longer than that, but six years since we I, we I've started. Known him, I've known him since I. Uh, we used to train jujitsu together at yeah. a different school, and uh, we uh, we met up afterwards and just started uh, meeting up at his uh, garage. Training in the garage, just uh, just learning techniques, and then you know somehow we just started getting into it pretty deep, and then it just went from there. So in in a matter of about uh, five or six years, we'll like, say six years. Okay. But he's been doing this for a while, you know, like eight years probably. I know I've been doing years. martial arts for ten. Or 11 now, but easily I've known him as a martial artist for eight years, you know? So, we, I mean, it's me being his coach, probably five, six years, five, six years, mm-hmm. right? So, and I've always talked to him, you know, and he's talked to me. It kind of goes both ways. Um, as far as a coach, there's just fundamental concepts and basics that I wanted to make sure that he had. You can ask him, I'm technical like that. And that a lot of times... uh. I wouldn't say I want to say forced, but I stuck there. Like I knew that he was more advanced and like an athlete, higher level. I just want to make sure we reinforce these concepts so they don't break down. You know, that's what I push the most. When you can believe in your basics and your fundamentals and you have a good foundation, right? Like when you're building a house, that's what will help you go to the next level. You'll have to be able to believe that. And then the more advanced concepts start coming out, which is based off also off of his natural ability to. You know, we try to take his natural ability away and focus on these basic concepts and structure first so that he has that good sound foundation. And then you allow the physical attributes to go on top of that. That's the icing on the cake, right? Yeah. That's the deal. So um, physicality, fundamentals, stuff like that, he's already prepared for the highest level, at least here, right? In, in this area uh, and in the state. Now, for him to have the champion mindset, he already has a champion work ethic. His champion mindset is about dealing with the pressure and believing, you know, because a lot of people won't believe in you. So you have to believe in yourself. And Vic believes in himself, not like in an arrogant way, but in a confident way, right? That's something you have to do. Um, Also, he's got heart and he's got no quit. Like literally, he'd probably die in there. I'd have to probably stop the fight, you know. That, that's the kind of person he is. That's who he is. So when you look at those things as far as his work ethic, his his willingness to um, train as hard as, as everything he has and his, his ability to believe, plus his skill set, these are all the things that are in line for him as a champion. To me, he's already a champion. Just the world doesn't know it yet. Right? And then as you move up to the higher levels, you have to have higher level training partners. You know, so um, after like the regional area, if there was something where, and we're not looking, I'm not looking past Jared at all by any means. We have to fight this guy and Legacy has got a great school, ground ground school, great, good striking. Like they have plenty of champions on their, their, their dossier, their docket. They've, they've um, got a long wall of people who absolutely, are Absolutely, awesome. absolutely. And we're just a small school, um, but we, 
Vic's been doing this for a while. I've been doing this for a while. And um, it's time for us to, you know, we've done our training. We've built our foundation. We've built our skill set. Now it's time to go and, you know, put it to test in the arena. That's really what fighting's about. I'm just going to be honest with you. To me, here's a guy that's worked for years to build up a skill set. Orthodox, Southpaw, his wrestling, his jiu-jitsu, his striking, his, his, his eating, his, his strength and conditioning. Now it's time to put it to the test. And see where he stands, like he says. He wants to see where he's at. He's yeah. done. He's put in the work. He's earned it. He didn't just go and learn a few punches and then say, I'm going to go fight. He's really put in the time. He's worked. He's done it right. He's put it on himself. And now he's going to go take that knowledge and see as a test in, in life combat where his skill set is, is at. To me, that's beautiful. Vic has done it the right way. I'll be honest with you. I wish that Alaska had more amateur things. Because then you could have built it up in a little bit more of a safer fashion, you know, just in my opinion, right? Um, like Benjamin Bennett, you know, um, he did a lot of uh, national and world amateur stuff through the UMMAF. Um, I would like to see that for fighters. So um, even though they don't necessarily get paid, but they could get some sponsors and then they can get national or, you know, world recognition. And then once you know whether you have a good feel for it, then you could move into the professional. Vic didn't have that route. We didn't have that route. Vic has done elbows and freaking knees and everything, ground and from pound from, from, from day one. Yeah. So Vic's definitely like not taking the easy route by any means. And there was a point in time when we decided to like, hey, let's let's stop here. Let's develop who you are, develop your skill set, and then when the time's ready, we'll we'll leak out and do a couple fights here and there. But then the goal is we'll get to a certain spot and then we're gonna make a run. So I hope that gives a good it, overview. It does. <laughs> that, that, was, that was really on point. Um, actually, if I could get you for a quick second to uh, explain who Benjamin Bennett is, because casual listeners okay. who, who are may, maybe aren't into MMA at all, Dude, Ben Bennett no is a G man. Uh, you can't deny who he is. He's probably one of the best uh, MMA fighters to come out of here, out of the state of Alaska. He started at uh, oh god, what's the name of the place? Uh, out of Fairbanks. Um, what's Frostbite? Frostbite? Frostbite, yeah. Started at Frostbite out of Fairbanks. Um, and he did a lot of amateur stuff. He never really fought on uh, the pro level. Um, and part of that was for him to develop himself. He went to national. Uh, there's uh, amateur stuff for the U.S. for MMA. He won a, na a national title. Once you win a national title, I think that there's a certain thing. You get to a level, you can start looking for worlds. So then he went out and did worlds. Um, and then because of what he did and the way he did it, instead of him having to go and wait for somebody to give him a contract, once he became a, a world champion through the amateur foundation, um, then he was getting offered contracts and he picked the best one with the best pay that fit for him. And then he got picked up by brave. Um, and then after that, he's actually now in Denver, Colorado, uh, Denver, Colorado training with team elevation there as a pro. Um, so ultimately as the amateur thing, I'll just be honest, it helps you get set, gives you a good skill set. You get to see if you're good enough to really make it pro instead of you going in and getting, uh, trying to be pro and taking 35 stitches, getting paid 75 bucks, you know, as a starter to find out whether you want to do that or not. Um, it helps you keep a little bit safer, you know, in a lot of ways. 
It, um, uh, it sounds, yeah. So you did, I think, a pretty good job explaining who Benjamin Bennett is. Yeah, he's a gangster. If you, if you don't know who he is, look him up on Facebook. Look him up on Instagram. You know, he's uh, he's awesome. And Brave is a uh, is sort of like the middle the the. The Middle Eastern UFC, like that yeah. is their that's their Bellator. I mean, the UFC yeah. is the UFC for everybody. Yeah. Um, but they like, do also stuff for Irish, uh, Ireland, and stuff like that too. They move all over the place. That doesn't there. shock me at all. Yeah, they do stuff yeah. all over the place. Um, yeah, Brave's a pretty good organization, you know. Um, so, are there uh, internationally? Are there any fighters that you're watching right now? Uh, over the world? Yeah, of um, course. Mixed martial artist. Who who, do you, who are you liking? I like a lot. Okay. Here's I, I, <laughs> okay, okay. I'm just harassing you. Right. Have you seen the new Star Wars? Uh, yeah. Okay. Let me just say because we, we've reviewed the we've reviewed it on the podcast. We're not going to be spoiling anyone. Okay. I'm glad I'm talking to you about this because I've been dying to have this conversation with someone. I really do think that John Boyega, we should just digitally remove him and make him Israel Adesanya. Like, oh yeah. From from go like and because that's really when I see him I just I want to see Israel Adesanya in there uh, because I think that that would be a much cooler lightsaber fight um, right <laughs> and because I, I think right that, like, he would be a great yes. he would be a great Jedi wouldn't he he'd be he'd be fantastic and I'm glad that world is opening up to him yeah. because uh, like if if the argument is to be made that like we live in the matrix like Israel Adesanya has figured it out he's 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 not button mashing he's got all the combos right he's right. just putting them together real slick um but like if if the, you can make that argument Israel Adesanya is in the matrix and and he if we can throw him in like throw him into other Star Wars movies too that'd be way cooler <laughs> or if we could get him to play Darth Maul like that would be cool too whatever um, but Israel Adesanya needs a Star Wars movie, and that's all I'm saying. I agree. Yeah, you're right. Um, Especially with his moves. What, what, what do you think? Uh, what kind of lightsaber do you think he'll have? I think oh, a double man. one. I don't. I don't know. I like, think he should have two of them. No, two like, double ones. Like nunchucks. Like, yeah. What if oh, he that had would be nunchuck lightsabers? Yeah. Like he should have lightsaber <laughs> nunchucks. And why wouldn't he, dude? He's. I mean. Israel Adesanya is, in my opinion, like because you can't hold the lightsaber unless you he'd can. be, you know, he'd be a terrible Darth Maul. And 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 I'll tell you, I've gotten to like, I'm working on another podcast called Streaming Service and shit. <coughs> and so part of the requirement of that is that I watch a lot of movies on streaming services. And one of them, uh, one of the genres I'm going down now is uh, the genre of fan fiction. And people really get into like the Star Wars backstories and stuff. And it, there's one called Darth Maul the Apprentice. If you, when you go home, when you're in front of a computer, look it up. Darth Maul the Apprentice fan fiction, and it's the kind of the story of how Darth Maul gets his, you know, gets to to go pro, right? And he basically massacres some Jedi's. And uh, spoiler alert: he does what you expect Darth Maul to do. He murders the lady <laughs> at the end because he's Darth Maul. There's no no mercy for anyone. Israel Adesanya would be a terrible, terrible Darth Maul, because as much as I love Anderson Silva, he he showed us he yeah. didn't he didn't take his head off. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and 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 I don't know. I really think that would have been a Darth Maul thing to do. So he could be a Jedi. Yeah. He showed mercy. He'd be a he'd be a hell of a Jedi. There you go. Yeah. He took the head when he needed to, and when he didn't, you know, he showed some mercy. For you sure. looked like you were going to say something. Well, you were talking about fighters and uh, that I watch. Yeah, I, I'll I'll say I watch. Well, do I give the top ones? 
How about Alexander Volkanovsky? Okay. Did you watch him fight? Uh, his last fight, I'm thinking Peter Jan and um, and Uriah Faber. A Volkanovsky when he took the belt from, from Max, Max Holloway. I did not see the fight. Should have saw that fight. Uh, a Volkanovsky. I could have told you that he was going to be a champion. I don't think that he, I, I wouldn't have said that he would have um, dispatched Holloway the way that he did. I wouldn't. Have, I didn't see it being like that. But um, for sure, I knew that he would be a champion. Another one to watch is Peter Jan. That for sure. That guy is knockout power. His explosivity is absolutely like next level. When he hits people, he hits people, and he's got he's got real great striking. I think he's uh, he, I think he's been out of Tiger Muay Thai. I think that's where he trains too. Um, but um, yeah, uh, Alexander Volkanovsky, Peter Yan, uh, uh, anybody out of City Kickboxing right now? Out of Auckland, New Zealand, that camp is on the next level right now. Uh, and I believe they're doing uh, Atos uh, Jiu-Jitsu out of there, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think that so, that's what they run, one of their programs. But that's not what they're known for. No, 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 no. That's 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 not is what their there, thing they're, is. They're but it lets you... They're striking from, uh, from Eugene uh, Behrman. Right? They're striking. Where's he next from? Level, where, where did he get all his stuff from? He was, a, he was a pro fighter. Gotcha. He was a pro fighter. You know, and that's something that's interesting. It's like... When these coaches... I'd love to have this conversation at some point in time, too, but... We're coaches, here. coaches, whether they fight or whether whether they fought or whether they haven't, does it matter to you? I don't think it's a necessity. I think sometimes, or, or let's say even high level. Here's the deal: like, look at Greg Jackson. Has he ever fought? No, not okay. that I'm aware. What, what kind of coach is he? Um, however, uh, I'm. I'm Fairly certain that uh, that Winkle John did. Yeah. So I mean, does, so at least at least in that case, Winkle you're John, at a partnership. Winkle John wasn't the guy that that people were going to. No, that's he, Craig Jackson. People were going to Greg Jackson. Yeah. Be like water, John. Yeah. Um, yeah. So which, it's not that right. And then if you look at, I think the custom auto fight. No. Okay. You'd know better than I would. So th- um, there you go. Right. Yeah. When when you look at the things that go on with some of the coaches, do they necessarily fight? Probably not. But as a, it's good to have looks. But I think if somebody immerses himself enough and studies enough, you can understand. You may may not be able to relate to a fighter of being in there. I see. I spar. I've never had to. I've never fought, but I've sparred with professionals and uh, people that have thirty amateur fights. So I know what it's like to be hit. I know what it's like to see in there. Maybe not the same stress as the crowd, but I've done other things on mental levels in front of big crowds for actually big sums of money. So as far as mental pressure and stress and keeping composure and what it likes to lead up to that, I know what that's like. You know, So there's certain elements you would have to have. Like you know, if Vic's going to go fight, you need to know what it's like for him to walk out in front of a crowd or how he feels or somebody feels when they're going to go fight and that emotional nervousness that they're going to take and put themselves in way of pain and danger, you know? Um, you have to be able to be aware of that psychology and stuff too. But as far as game planning and material and stuff like that, if you study the game, that will help you. And if you can see it, you have to see it, you know? You got to be able to see it like live, real time. You know, you being able to hold mitts and do some combinations isn't going to cut it. You have to be able to see it real time. And you have to study it. But that's what I do, man. So, like, immersing yourself in it. If somebody, if you haven't fought in your coaching, you need to immerse yourself 
study it to the highest level. You know what I mean? To get the answers so you have the answers to be there for him. Um, but, um, yeah, back to Eugene. Um, he was a professional fighter. Um, his ability for striking, I think he did some kickboxing as well as MMA. Um, and you look at Israel Asanya, um, his skill set, like he started in glory. Well, kickboxing first, and then he went into glory won a title there, uh, or a big tournament there. And his striking is sick. So the foundation that they use is is great. It's actually, there's a lot of stuff that I would say that Israel does that TJ Dillashaw does. And maybe they picked up even some of that from some film. I'll just be honest with you. From Dwayne's stuff. But yeah, city kickboxing. That, that place is on the rise right now. For sure. I think they're number one for schools in the world. Um, elevation's number three, I'll tell you that. Number, uh, for camps, via wins and losses, Elevation's nine and three. That's Trevor Whitmore. Um, no, no, that's uh, Cody Donovan. Okay. Um, Sean Madden, Peter Straub, um, uh, Vinny, I think Lopez is his name. Uh, I know it's Vinny. I just know him by Vinny. Um, those by are the way, I've got to give a solid shout-out to one of our sponsors since we're taking the time uh, since, and we've mentioned it. Vinny of the Schnitzel Bomber, located on the corner of K Beach and Poppy, rated 5 out of 5. On Facebook, uh, they have specials all the time. They're open from 11.30 to 8 p.m. And if you go in there and you tell them uh, you listen to the podcast and you would like the $10 special, they will give you a regular person-sized portion uh, for you of whatever their special is, but for like a regular person. Now, if you get like their regular, like their $15 special, that's a lot of food. And I would recommend, you know, if you got, if you're sharing with somebody, do that. Um, but if you mention the podcast and you get in the regular size special, they will throw in some bread pudding. So there you go. You mentioned Vinny, uh, whether yeah, or not it's low. It triggered, it triggered you. I, I, it's, uh, I gotta mention. I got you. You should yeah. take your sponsors for sure. So yeah, anyways, Elevations is, uh, strong. It's third in the, in the world right now for team. Who have they Points. got? Uh, just team points okay. as far as their wins um, versus their losses and championship fights. City kickboxing is number one. Uh, where does Dominic Reyes fight off? He was, he, you know, to be honest with you, a lot of pros shift camps. Just go around. Yeah, and my buddy actually, uh, Nick Roick, he's one of my friends, and I help with coaching him a little bit. He, he works with Dwayne, but he trains out of elevation. I actually sent some material down for him for Dominic Reyes for this uh, Johnny... Uh, for the the John Jones fight, that's awesome. Some some stuff that I was working on, some cool. some ideas that I think that definitely will work for uh, you know for Dom, you know uh, Dominic Reyes. But he right now he, they move. It depends. Like as a pro, you can have a home base camp, but sometimes you need to go to these different camps and these different schools to get different looks, different things there. You know, so like Elevation's got uh, a. Great wrestling coach. I think it's Dave Zazinski. I think that's his name. I'm probably slaughtering Just call him it. Davey Z. Yeah, right. Um, but let's say um, who's a great wrestling school? Dan Henderson, <laughs> right? There's a lot, a lot of great clinch work and takedown defense from Dan Henderson's school. So I know that I've seen those guys there. You mentioned Tiger Muay Thai earlier. Yeah, Tiger Muay Thai is a great camp for overall training, right? And they're striking. Um, actually, their boxing coach, Johnny, he's pretty dope. It's got to be really like easy to attract top talent if you're a Tiger Muay Thai. Like you've got yeah. like a great location, you got a great reputation, you've been around. 
for fucking ever. Um, your your coaches are, are well. Fairtex used to be the primary there, and American Top Team over in Thailand. Freaking Tiger Muay Thai made a huge, huge, huge made a big name for themselves. I think a lot of it had to do with you know like uh, Roger Huerta going over there and then them building a pretty good thing. I remember I was gonna go to Tiger Muay Thai for I could I could have trained over there for three hundred dollars for a month. That's all food, all stay, all training for $300 a month. It's enticing. Okay. Like, you go but to their website. You can't do that now. You can't do that now. The prices are, like, significantly higher, of yeah, course, Yeah, it's right? like, it's, now it's $500 a month. No, I mean, like, yeah. but but they have, like, crazy accommodations. So, like, if you're if you're someone at yeah. home and you're thinking, you know, like, I want to take one of, like, a cool martial arts vacation, that's a fucking martial arts vacation. Yeah. That, that, that sounds... To go to Thailand, that's every freaking yeah. martial artist's dream to go over, you know, over there for that. Tiger Muay Thai is good, but that's yeah, that's a premier camp over there. They got a lot of good stuff. By the way, American uh, Kickboxing Academy has uh, an academy out there. Uh, um, Mike Swick has a joint out there. Oh yeah, Mike Swick for AKA. You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. AKA. Yeah, he's doing good stuff over there too. That's another good school. AKA. It's easy to attract. Like it's they attract. I mean, especially talent. out of San Jose. Oh so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, those are great camps. So, anyways, yeah, with Dominic Reyes, I'm sure that he, you know, like he's just moving camps. You know, um, and making sure that he has necessities too. Also, it's kind of like you have like, um, how would you say like, you know, fighters have a head coach. That doesn't mean that that's their only coach. Sometimes like, you know, George St. Pierre used to go to see Freddie Roach. Why? Fix his boxing. Do some work on his boxing. And his head coach would look at that. I mean, Freeze, right? He'd, he'd look at that and go, oh, we could use that or that looks good for his game. And I like that. We should implement that. That's what a head coach does. So you go getting some different looks that helps you to grow and not stay stagnant. So that's that's a good idea too. Even though you may be going and training with people that you're going to compete against at some point in time, it's it's always kind of good for that. That's why like TJ is also in like California because at elevation they don't have a ton of small body guys. Out in California they have tons of you know smaller body weight class guys. So he needs to be where the bodies are you know to train too. So you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it, you know, that's what happens, that's why people move around, and then uh, over time, then you get a chance to see what's available out there, and then you maybe find a home, you know, and and that's it, right, you like the coaching staff, you like the the training partners, it's good for your career, you know, so moving around a little bit about that is, you know. So, we've gone over Vic's stuff, Um, I do want to hit on this because it's coming up, it's a big fight, Um, Conor McGregor and uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone. What are your thoughts on that, uh, and how do you think that plays out? I think Connor knocks him out. Okay. It's hard to say that because I'm a super fan because I, I love Cowboy. I think he's a gangster. Uh, I've got to see him fight live twice. <coughs> and the energy that that man brings to the arena and, and, and um, when, when he comes out is just like second to none. It's beautiful. They kind of like Cub Swanson too when I was in LA. But um, just the energy or the place that just it, it becomes electric, and you get to. It's just different, like it's different. Um, and his heart and his passion and his willingness to fight. Like, how can you not say he's one of the greatest fighters for the UFC of all time? Like he's got so many records, it's retarded. So, I think Connor's timing is too good. I think Connor's timing is too good. I think that also Connor has had time off. 
to work on certain scenarios. Um, and Cowboy's been active fighting, which gives Connor's team more film available and not so much film available on active Connor right now. So there's like little insights about being active, not being active. Um, I don't I don't think that Cowboy can handle Connor's timing. So if it goes that way, um, you say first, second? Um, I would probably say first round. I think Connor gets it done. Body shot? Headshot? Straight left. I don't know. I, I think that you're, you're talking um, a much long, a longer fighter in, uh, in Cowboy. I, I, it's just the timing, man. Connor's left hand. It, like who? And Connor looks massive. I just saw a picture of him the other day. I just, Not I, like massive, like he, but like in comparison to the the one forty five, the one forty five. Like guy. you look at him, yeah. like and, and I don't know. I mean, I know Cowboy has a chin, but I don't think he like look what look at look at like I was just watching Connor and A. Diaz. Like he sat Nate down like three times in the first round. That's also a defensive tactic for for Adias. And that was that was closed stance, southpaw to southpaw, right? Is the open stance. Connor's sequence is the pull cross. He's pull cross master. There's the only other person that's like good at pull cross pull crossing is freaking uh, Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> like that guy's the best pull crosser in the world, right? Of all Can time. Can you explain pull cross? Uh, when somebody throws a punch and pull out of the way and then you catch them, right? <clears throat> with with whatever power hand. Like so if somebody throws a jab, you pull out of the way and then you chase back in timing with it. Or you could catch it on its way out if they're slow. If they're slow, you shoot it, right? Um but like the pull cross, that's what Connor does best. He does great. Um the only counter for that is a kick. So I won't tell you what, because we have a, a terminology for it, but there's another piece, and and Cowboy knows that. Cowboy could catch um, Connor with a head kick or an overhand, like kind of like Khabib did, like fake the takedown and throw the overhand. That's possible to counter like a pull cross from open stance. But um, as far as that, I think Connor's timing is too sharp. I think it is distance control. I think I think I think Cowboy. If Cowboy tries to get berserker, like the later the fight goes. If Cowboy's landing kicks on Connor and keeping him at bay, yeah, but man, Connor's left hand and his timing. I think that the kicks are going to be a factor for Cowboy. Um, I also think that contrary to what he says in, in public, I think he's he's gonna he's gonna make some takedowns happen. I think he's gonna he's gonna if he if he, he brings has it to the ground, to. He has he's a to. bigger, heavier guy who's with Cowboy's who, game is great. Like that's what okay so. Let's talk about that for a second, right? Please do. What what happened with Khabib and Connor? What happened? Oh, uh, Khabib got him on the ground and Connor him. Going okay, nowhere. right. But then what happened? I think it was in the second round, second or third round. That's when what ha- what did Khabib do to Connor then? Um, wait, was that? Uh, tell I me think it's the second for. round. Tell me what you're going. He for. caught him with the overhand. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost, almost, okay. almost knocked him out. Yeah. What set that up? <coughs> uh, it was the fake takedown. There you go. So Cerrone has to try to do that. But I'm going to tell you, Connor's going to be too strong in the first for Cerrone to do that. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that Connor keeps good distance control. Um, 
he has to look to try to take Connor down so that he can set up his striking with Connor. And if Cerrone got to his back, of course. But also, what has Connor been doing? Probably nothing but wrestling and grappling, right? We haven't seen a lot of him. He lost to a grappler. Where does he need to work on? Oh, he's probably out with Dylan Dennis doing weird stuff. There you go, yep. dude. Yeah, you know, so that's what I'm saying. Like, all these points that these other guys are great. That's kind of, I, I think that Connor's smart. People are like, oh, Connor hasn't fought and blah, blah, blah. Connor's, I believe, still working Do we... all the time to fix these holes. And so sometimes people that fight consistently, you can watch them over and over and over and over and over and see what they're doing. And then you can pick them off because you see their tendencies. Whereas if you have a guy that fights once, twice a year, that's six months within time for you to be able to make adjustments and really grow in certain weak areas. Now that becomes harder to deal with. That's harder to see. You know, like watching film on a person from a year ago, <coughs> that's a year. <coughs> if they're diligent and they're a real athlete and they're really working hard on their craft, I guarantee you, if they're paying attention to their stuff, they've weeded out issues in their behaviors, right? Do we so, know if Coach Kavanaugh's involved? I, I'm, well, yeah, they've been working together. And in this camp, I guess, too, um, he, they were. I saw a clip of them talking that they're more together now. Before, Connor had a ton of sh- stuff going on uh, for the Khabib fight. Right, and there was like lots of this and lots of that, and not a lot of time to train. They weren't really there was nothing scheduly set. Whereas this one, they have their schedule set and their their uh, fight camp is on. So uh, yeah, I think Connor gets it done in the first man, maybe second it the most. I don't really see it going to the third round. Connor figures it out. Connor's also been watching Cerrone. Yeah, you know. I don't know who uh, who all Connor has been training with for this camp. That's one of the things that's been crazy. Is there's no like there's been no huge build up for it. Well, how did uh, Pettis fight uh, Cerrone? Um, do you remember? I mean, what do you mean? Like, he, fought him open, he fought him open stance. I'm, I'm all I'm thinking about is like the lack liver, of liver kick knocked build him up. out. Liver kick knocked him out. So yeah, um, so I mean, it's not. Like there's a Connor lot of tools. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of tools that I think that Connor has available to to beat Cerrone. Even though I love Cerrone, like you know, like I mean, this is hard. But I'm just gonna be. I'm not a super huge Connor fan. Gonna be honest. I have respect for his skill set and his fighting ability, his fight IQ, his knowledge, what he does, his timing. Like I think it's a beautiful thing. Is a is a person. I don't think he's like the. The best human being on the planet. But Cerrone, I think, is going to try to make it a fight. And that's what Cerrone needs to do. But if you get too reckless, Connor's going to pick pick him off. He's a sniper, dude. So so <laughs> it, let's say it happens What do you way. think, Vic? What oh, do you yeah. think? Vic? Uh, I, I was thinking the same thing. Either Connor catches him with a left or Cerrone catches him with a high kick or tries to take him down. See? Uh, right? It, it gets pretty simple as yeah. far as... He's like got the nice weapon. left high kick. You know, those are those are going to be their big techniques. I um, somebody's going to... Somewhere, somewhere there. That's, gonna, that's what you're going to see. What I'm interested in is how it how it plays up uh, plays out and what it sets up for, for what. Let's right. say hypothetically... Okay. Let's say hypothetically Connor McGregor goes through um, Cowboy. Quick, efficient... Uh-huh. Uh, knife through. Butter. I think I already know where this is going. I know I can I can give you an idea where I think it'll go. Well, I I think in April we're we are one hundred percent going to see Habib and Tony Ferguson. There you go. See that's they are going go. to be surrounded nice. by people with pillows 
at all times oh, to make yeah. sure that, that they are well taken care of. Nothing is, that fight is going to happen. Yeah. Some crazy um, it's, shit going to go down. That's going to be and their, then, almost then their fourth thing. Then what? Connor um, has to fight probably the loser. Oh, I if, right. I I think he fights immediately. He fights the the winner of that fight. You think um, he fights the winner? I think he jumps to he jumps to the front of the line at one fifty five, um, because he's the only he's the only person who like is a is a draw with a, a belt right now. Um, he's and and and, and I'm not. You wouldn't like maybe. to see Ferguson Connor. Um. See that's so, what I'm saying. So you're, right? you're assuming okay. So you're assuming that that Ferguson will, say, will, will, well, is going to lose to Habib. I, I don't know how that's going to. Well, even winner, right? Let's yeah. say okay. Let's say Ferguson wins and beats Khabib. What makes sense? The rematch with Connor for Khabib to rematch to get to the title for Ferguson. Um, if you absolutely a if, super fight at 170. You know, no, just keep it at 155. Ah. I think also the same thing. So whoever wins, right? If Ferguson beats Khabib, I don't really feel that. I don't think that uh, Ferguson has the ability to beat Khabib. I don't. Okay. Right? So, um, I mean, he's dangerous on the ground, right? But I don't think right. he's on the top world class off the bottom to right. deal with Khabib. Khabib will maul him. So I, I Striking and clinch shit with the elbows, I think Ferguson's gangster dude, like, you know, for sure, right? I think that's beautiful. And he's nasty off his back. I'm not going to deny that. But I don't think... When you watch Khabib just systematically maul people, right. he does it... Oh, he's done it over and over and over for a bajillion fights. If Ferguson happens to win, I think that's great. Yeah, Connor and Ferguson, why not? Or make Connor fight Khabib because Connor couldn't get past Khabib. Make him fight and earn that spot. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. For the contender. And that's truly how I believe, like, champion um, number one, number two, number three spots should be. I think that they need to fight and earn that position to get to that title. Right. But this is also like the same corporation it's promotion. that always I need to gave make money. Uriah Faber right. a title shot, <laughs> yeah, no matter what. Gonna, yeah, like, Connor's gonna get the title. Um, shot. And yeah. and that's and that's the crazy thing. Like, but if, if that title shot doesn't happen, he's gonna try to go for George Masvidal. I believe. Um, and that you know what I think ooh, that might be Connor and ooh, Connor and Jorge. That's what they're saying. They're like, if he's Connor's trying to set himself up, so like he can either get a title shot. If he doesn't get one, he's gonna go for Masvidal. I mean, that BMF that that BMF title is a real is a real thing. Um, You you know, you could sell, but I don't. I don't even think that it matters. Like I just like that's it's. I'm I'm a fan of everything. I'm a fan of. um, I'm a fan of the fight. He might. He might. Would want to see the build up to that. I'd like to. I understand um, that. Yeah, you're right. But man, look what he did to fucking Nate. Though, yeah, you know? yeah. But Nate didn't look as good, man. He mm. didn't look as good as in, in the Connor fight. If it went longer into the like championship rounds, I think Jorge could get Connor. Mm. I think Jorge could get him. But, but get, Connor you. is so dangerous in the first and second. Right. First and second round. I don't know. I don't know. You know, Darren Till knocked Jorge down, and and he is a southpaw. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like he struggled until he did, you know, the, the nice little setup that he did to knock out, you know, Darren Till. But what gave him problems? Southpaw, straight lefts, and Connor's got. I think Connor's got more knockout power than Darren Till does. Mm. When oh you, when, shit! That's, that's a big dude. Yeah, yeah. Darren I'm Till's thinking like <laughs> that's 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 like Darren that's Till's like like 185 now. That's one of those Quentin Tarantino. That's a bold statement. Uh, <laughs> is it like 
<laughs> wow. That's a big dude, man. He fights it. He fights at 185 now. Just for those now of you that does. don't watch for those of you that don't don't watch uh, mixed martial arts, Darren Till is a very large man who fought yeah. in a in a division that he shouldn't have been fighting in. Like when Connor was fighting at 145, he was way too uh, he was way too dude. Looked, he was like three feet taller than everybody. Um, <laughs> you, you but didn't he realized it. Yeah. Talk, but he looked right? sick. He looked really yeah, really unhealthy. Hated- Same thing with with Darren Till. Um, with a, with a lot of these guys who weren't fighting in their their natural weight classes. I. I, I go back to if, at 170, they, he immediately gets a, a title fight at 155, especially if it is Habib, because they can do it. At, they, that fight happens in Moscow, and that fight happens in yeah. front of a billion people. See, and, and, and you're right. I don't think you're wrong. And I, yes. I am the... You're more a purist. I yeah, yeah, but you're not wrong because of the promotion. Yeah, they're seeing dollar signs. That's what really matters to them. That that I like to see who really is the best. Right, yeah. like that—that—that that, that to me is what matters most. Like, who is? I like to see champion against number one. Oh, you can't. You're number three, and you can't beat number one. Well, then you're number three. I really believe in that, right? But their ranking scale is whatever they want it to be. And you're right as far as the money. They're in the money business. I'm in the. I want to see the technique and the you know, who's got the best skill set and the best against the best and who's the best. And they're they're ranked to prove that. That's what I like to see, you know, personally. I, I think that if, <clears throat> I think the only fight that makes sense uh, for Habib after Ferguson, win or lose, is a rematch with Connor. And and that's a super fight and everyone there makes money. Um, if if it's a one fifty five uh, I think that if I think if Ferguson wins against Habib. Habib has mentioned retirement and Habib might go out like that. Unless it's a super oh, I don't unless think Habib's a, gonna retire after unless losing. it's unless He's it's a, unless it, no unless it's a super fight with with, with GSP versus GSP and Habib. Oh and I didn't would even think about great, that. That would, would be, be a great great one. great one to end on for sure. If Khabib beats Ferguson, which most likely I feel that he will, okay. I think the next fight would be great is to do a super fight with George St. Pierre and then retire. But I could see where they could play the Connor um, Tony Ferguson and uh, oh heck yeah, could Khabib fights? I mean, think about it money wise. Let's look at this. Khabib fights Ferguson. He yeah. whoever wins is fine. The loser fights Connor. Then the winner of that match, whether it's a Ferguson or a Connor, gets the rematch. See, so it's like extra money. Do you understand yeah. because of the fight? If they fights the loser instead of making it go to the winner. Here's one for you. You know, uh, in the event that Habib wins and he's like, "I'm done with the belt. I only want a super fight. I just want to hang out and in, in, that'd be smart in, for him." In uh, you know, um, retire Dagestani undefeated, heaven. be the yeah. goat. <laughs> yeah, they're, 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 he's got. Oh, I mean, yeah. legitimately has nothing else to do. The only thing Habib um, could do is actually, which I'd love to see, is go up. Yeah, uh, agreed, agreed. But 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 that. stick with me on this. Um, now let's say he retires on top, and they have for they decide <coughs> to do it for the one fifty five strap. Uh, Ferguson uh, McGregor that I can see happening as well and that is that that uh, makes me excited the everything about that that fight and, and the possibility I also like playing like the soothsayer like maybe this will happen um, but the, the 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 possibilities are endless like yeah I mean in that division I who wouldn't want to see actually like Ferguson and Connor fight I mean they're for <sighs> Tony Ferguson is is so good at what he does. Yeah. And one of them is being crazy. Yeah, that's it. That's that's the beauty of being <coughs> abstract, right? You learn fundamentals and basics and you do your thing and you get it. And then 
super creative and, and abstract people are hard to deal with sometimes. Fucking artist. That's why, like, you know, like, the new person sometimes is the hardest guy to spar. Like, the, the berserker guy, he's just trying to hit you. There is no random strat. There is no strategy other than to punch you in the face. Right. So, like, you know, technical fighters have, like, you know, these skills. And the professional fighter understands that and sees, oh, this guy's using this strategy on me. That's why sometimes just berserker is good. But if you do it too much, you get caught, right? Yeah. But Tony is not necessarily a berserker. He's just abstract and chaotic. He's and that's beautiful. He's, he's unpredictable. He's like a painter. He's yeah. like he's using really sharp angles, and yeah. he's using them in in places you've never seen them before. It's like it's I think like, he's overly aggressive, though. Um, Sometimes to where it's too like Connor. I think Connor would pick him off, but I think Ferguson could beat Connor on the ground. There's See? so many ways that 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 could go, and and as a See? fan, yeah. as a fan, it's a fight that you want to see. Like I don't necessarily uh, want to see. Um, Tyron Woodley has been calling out uh, Habib a lot lately, and like that's not a fight I want to see. I want to see you fight Leon what? Edwards. Like you, let's make you that want, happen. You want to dance backwards, try to throw the overhand when Khabib's just going to run over to the fence and take you down and then beat you up, just like everybody else did. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? So, so, so at one seven. <laughs> so <laughs> you're just gonna back yourself to the fence, throw single shots, and try to explode out against Khabib. That's stupid. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like that game plan's not gonna work for Woodley. What does one seventy look like now? Okay, so we have we've got George Masvidal and Kamaru Usman seems to be the only fight like worthy of making at one seven. Carl Usman's a gangster. Colby uh, Covington did good. He, I think Kobe did real good until the very end. He got caught a couple times. I think, he, actually, I feel that Kobe was winning the fight. And if I remember correctly on the cards, he was. Kobe was winning the fight. His timing and then Carl picked up and they touched him. You can't sleep on him. You know, I'd like to see a little bit more wrestling in there. Well, I think that was uh, the, the complaint from people. was that, But because they were two uh, such two high-level high level wrestlers. That's what happens. Um, you know, two like, jiu-jitsu guys are going to stand. <laughs> two, two striking guys usually end up on the ground somehow. Um, You're like, what are they doing? Uh, it's common. It's common. So then... So the 170, I mean, it still has some interesting options at 170. So you have um, back in, in, in the, the W contention, Damian Maya, who's always, he's always a contender at 170. Uh, that could be, if, if you don't make Masvidal um, uh, Usman, I, I mean, I don't think you're, you're going to make a, a Damian Maya Usman fight anytime soon, but it would be an intriguing fight. Um, but we did get to see in 2019... Ben Askren and Damian Maya, which is which is I think a, a, a fight that a lot of grappling fans wanted to see for a very long time. Anyway, <laughs> um, it's you know it would be like um, Masvidal well, yeah, Canelo, yeah, or like you know yeah the uh, Connor and Diaz. You see two strikers, right? Ultimately yeah. fighting, you got to see some high level grappling, you know. But yeah, I, I knew that Ben wasn't going to win that fight with Damian. Damian's just like the best dude. He's a monster. You don't want to be on the ground with him, ever. I I it's fear the so day good. that he goes into uh, combat jujitsu. It's going to be a dude. That guy's like what a seven time, six time world champion. Like he's just and in Jacare, those two are the best like jujitsu practitioners to ever have competed for MMA. Their so Jacare fighting again, uh, Uriah Hall. Uriah's going to get mauled unless he sticks behind his jab. Tries to be non-committed, but Jacare is pretty gangster, man. I think he can take damage. I think 
Uriah Hall's, all of his tricks, like, back in the day. He was, you know, like, new, and he was tricky. But I haven't seen, like, a real solid performance by Uriah Hall in, like, I don't know, years. I think Jockery um, does enough to pressure him, gas him out, run him into the cage, take him down, beat him up. I think it's over. Well, um... Chelsea pointed this out. I was watching a video this morning. Um, one of the things that, that, that wrestlers use really well is that, that overhand right, uh, with changing levels. And I, that's and, our entry. You know, and that's got to be, uh, it's, it's the same thing, uh, I'm sure, with, with really high-level Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys. You have to be leery of that takedown, especially if you're a, a striker like Uriah Hall. Well, you just can't be committed. That's the difference, you know, like with certain grapplers. I mean, you know, like if, if Urias Hall is trying to move forward and try to blitz, what's what's he going to do? He's going to duck under and take him down, right? He set up he set up the shot for Jacare, you know what I mean? Whereas if you're maybe somebody else, um, I mean, something Uriah could do is use the wrestling against him, like TJ did with Cody, you know, f- do level changes and fakes to get the grappler thinking about what he does best, right? Grappling, yeah. And then set him up with the striking. Your eye should do that. You know, use level changes and fakes, feints to set up Jacare to move him out of position. But you know, dude, as far as grappling and you know, like being a striker, you just gotta have great, great takedown defense. You gotta have great grappling too. You know, and you gotta be aware of where you're at. And he, whoever times to who the best is, usually wins that exchange. And like they say, 80% of the time, the fight's going to end up on the ground. You just got to know how to deal with that guy. You got to have the cardio. Um, kind of like, um, you know, like I know it sounds weird. It's like Carlos Condit and uh, uh, Nate Diaz, Nick Diaz for that fight. Um, the pressure. Carlos Condit just kept backing away, but he was really controlling the fight. Yeah? Yeah. So if there was a grappler that was pressuring, you could use the same strategy like that. Keeping the distance. You leading the dance. Staying away from it, but nowadays a lot of everybody like Khabib and stuff, they just run you into the fence. By the way, I, I've got to apologize for for my phone being off. I just, yeah. and I also like blindly agree to you. What Carlos Condit fight were we talking about? Uh, when he fought the D, when he fought Diaz. Remember back in the day, in Diaz Strike was just, huh, no in UFC. Okay. They were just moving. He was moving forward, pressure, and he's like talking okay. trash to him. But Condit was pulling him in the whole time, pulling him in and timing him when he'd come in and then moving. He didn't just stand there. And fight and exchange and get bullied up against the cage. Like, you know, he didn't get broke down. He kept the distance. And uh, Diaz thought that he won that fight, but he didn't. So do you think... Well, I mean, you could vouch and say, yeah, he did. But I think Condit touched him up. And I think Condit controlled the fight. So as far as Jacare and uh, Uriah Hall... Uriah Hall either has to keep the distance by leading and controlling the movement... Could we not hit the speaker? The, could every time oh. you hit that, like there's like a if someone's listening to this in their car, it, it I just, just gave went, them some bass notes. Went, boom! Yeah, so no. like they it wasn't an earthquake. Just so that was clear. my bass hits right there. Sorry guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So as far as keeping the distance and stuff like that, Uriah Hall has to do that. If he lets Jacare set the distance, or Uriah Hall tries to move in heavy on him, you can you know set the shot up for your for him. Yeah. So you just have to be aware about how you're moving in. Okay. You can't overcommit. You can't throw punches as a striker and against a grappler. You can't just be reckless throwing punches. You have to be concerned for the takedown. That's why strikers hate grapplers in a lot of ways. 
right? You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, because you have you you always have to be leery of the takedown, and you also have to be able to defend uh, that Absolutely. takedown. So you got to drop your hands, and or, now or you work on your wrestling, and you're a gangster. But Uriah Hall isn't going to work on his grappling the way that Jacare has. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a level of grappling there that really supersedes. You know, now athleticism has a lot to do with things too. Yeah. So. I don't know, man. There's a lot, dude. There's a lot of material. Man. We're at a place now, like where the UFC has, um, they have enough, like you know, young contenders for belts that you're able to now kind of see these veteran fights that you you want to see. Uh, like I get excited when there when there are guys that I'm a fan of who have fights coming up. It, it brings people back together. Um, but they've also attached, you know, I don't know. Are there too many belts? Do you think? In the UFC, I think they need more weight classes. What do you think, Vic? Um, honestly, don't even know, man. I think it. I think I think that they should have a one sixty five, a one seventy. I think it should all go fives. So one thirty five, one forty five, one fifty five, one sixty five, one seventy five, one eighty five, one ninety five. You think they have too many belts? Um, no. In fact, the more I think about it, it was a stupid question. I think it should be better defined. I think the boxing. Uh, with having so many different, uh, <coughs> so many different commissions and so many different belts and different weight classes, I think that takes away from. It. But if you do every ten pounds, at I think a, that at that's any, great for a, the fighter. A, well, they have yeah. new rules through USADA and stuff too. Like you can't come in ten pounds over something like that. Your initial weigh in, your your initial weight before you weigh in, There's, you couldn't start strict. it. Like yeah, yeah, you have to be within ten pounds. 10 pounds. You can't do and you can't do IV. Anymore after after your you know for your like recovery for you yeah. to rehydrate you can't use intervenous which so seems, I don't know it seems like that it's important dude idea. it's important you know when you weight cut for people I mean I get that they have advantages um, and people get used to it but it's not good it's dangerous for the brain man that's when people die is because they they, they dehydrate themselves making the weight cut and now your brain has your 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 brain has more gap because the fluid you know yeah. um, isn't there for the brain and the body hasn't recovered so now there's more room to be jarred around and that can damage the brain yeah. cause bleeding and that's well, what that's what kills people well one also does does a pretty good job my understanding of with their their like weight cutting practices and yeah, they, yeah just do like boxing as well um, within each weight class within like really. five pounds right yeah, I, think I think that's a little ridiculous yeah. but i think 10 is good I mean, yeah, yeah I think 10 gonna makes be, sense it's gonna be a lot better too because people are not going to focus on the the uh dieting aspect of the whole thing you know what I mean they're gonna focus more on the training thing you know what I mean cause that that's, it takes a lot of stuff for like dieting and shit like that you know so if you got somebody that you, you don't have to lose 25 pounds you only have to lose 10 pounds man that makes you you're within 10 you yeah, start at 10 so easy you know so, yeah. I, could, I could focus more on training more than fucking running or losing this weight and shit like that you know what I mean so it's gonna I think it's gonna be better I mean, there's all tricks of the trade, too, to make it to where you can, you know, uh, de you know, like cut water or whatever you're doing. But I like to keep Vic within, you know, 10 pounds. I like think, I think that that's great because during his camp, we can obviously, like, put him in caloric deficit. He can lose maybe five pounds of fat if he has it on him and then cut five pounds of water. Yeah. That's very safe. It's easy for him, you know, maybe even going pee and going to the bathroom would drop five pounds, you know, that that's, you know, a couple pounds. So then you're only really cutting two pounds of water. So instead of forcing all the minerals out of your body and all right. these nutrients and all these things that your body needs be the day before you fight, you know, he's in a healthier state. 
I would rather have him there, to be honest with you. And that's like when you watch high-level fighters. Like, look at Floyd. How much do you think he has to cut? Probably not much. Yeah, I mean, because he always stays ready. He stays sharp. He, he eats a good diet. He stays clean. He's a professional to the game. Where there's other fighters that they get done fighting, and then it's like donut time and pizza time. And right. By the way, shout-out to Bernard Hopkins. Because, um, the, the, man... Bless his heart. He's like he is evidence uh, like of what a human being can do when with with a lot of discipline. Or even Randy Couture. He was like what forty five, still fighting. Top age is thirty eight. Usually, Damn. that's it. You know, fighting. You know, is thirty eight. I mean, well, you, or you could go to Bellator, It'd be Rampage and Fedor. Man, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it seemed like. Did you bike. see? Did you see the any of the fight? I mean, I would. I said I, I just watched the highlights, which see, it turns out was most of the fight. Yeah. Um, what did you think it was going to end by? It was either it was either rampage by right hand or Fedor by right hand. I and it needed to happen in the first because it wasn't like the second dude, round was like yes. what was it? Dada five thousand freaking Kimbo slice. I hate that saying a real tra- and that ended in real tragedy. So like so and that's a. <laughs> That, a true statement, but like it was. On one hand, I was excited. To, I was excited on paper. Like in my <laughs> mind, I had I had even like debated should I, should I save some money and go to Japan for this? This could be wonderful. I'm so glad that I didn't. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> you know, but I'm like, so glad you did it either. I was like, I, I'm so glad. There's like, I'm not. I not only can I not. I'm just not going to do it. That, I'm that just makes saying, no sense. You know, like for me, I get that people still need to make money, but like, and and I get that they're. I mean, obviously, they're doing a good job by producing results. Yeah. But for me, I don't want to see that. What I would rather have seen is them in their heyday. Oh, I would have loved to have seen it Because to ago. me, it's like, I, don't get me wrong, I have love for the fighters, and I think that they're awesome, right? And I'm not one to say whether people should be done with their career or not. That's not up to me, you yeah. know, like, in a lot of ways. But what I think it is, is like, uh, let's look at BJ Penn for a second. Right. Here's one of the, For the baddest body. dudes ever. And look at how his career ended up. I think that there's a point in time when you... And, and I'm sure this is hard because they're the warrior. And that's really who, truly who they are. They don't know who to be after it's over. Yeah. So you, you don't let go. and Or Roy Jones Jr. Here's a great example. One of the greatest boxers of all time. Still a really special person, you know, as far as a, a boxing is concerned. And now he's just getting knocked out over and over and over again. How does that set for a legacy? Something that was so great. And now it's, you yeah. look at it and it's like, man, you should have moved on. For me, it's sad. I think that to me, I, I understand why they're doing it. And I can have love for that. But to me, in my heart, I feel bad. It's like, you knew you were in your prime. You maybe needed to make a little bit of money on your way down, but at the end of the time, I think him cutting out and accepting that it's time to move on, maybe yeah. start coaching, doing something different, I think would have been the right thing to do. And that's why it's hard for me to watch Bellator when you watch all these guys, these fighters that have like retired, come back, retired, come back, retired, come back, and then they go in, and then what happens in the first round? How many of these fights make it out of the first or second round? To me, it's like... Why are you doing that? Like, it's yeah. just a disservice for... The, the depressing thing is... You become a joke, and that's, to me, sad, because they're not jokes. Yeah, yeah. They're something special I, at a time. Legitimately. And I hate that. I hate seeing them, people making jokes on their behalf, you know? Like, it seemed like... I don't know, man. Like, 
I, I hope it wasn't it wasn't a money thing. Um, sure, it was. I'm sure it is. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. But like, either that or they can't let go of the limelight. But in my head, in my head, I had this this idea like Rampage. It was taken seriously. That he wasn't posting any videos of training, um, and then, and then he wasn't, man. And it was like, and then I realized that he and I put the, like the same the same thought into this fight. Like I didn't. I don't ever need to see like Rampage fight again. I just want him to see be B.A. Baracus. I want him to... See, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you get it. It's like, because there's a level of like, when you see these people, to me, those guys watching them in Pride, they were like my heroes, man. Like you're, you're watching them and you're like, dude, this is awesome. And to me, it's a sad thing to see people that were so good at what they did be laughed at. Yeah. That... Bugs me because the new generation may not see how awesome they were back in the day on Pride unless they really care about fighting. Google Ricardo Arona. Google Rampage Jackson, uh, Ricardo Arona. Look it up on YouTube. It is. Is that the slam? That is that is the yeah, slam. That's why you don't. Tri- that's the triangle. That's slam. That right. is after that uh, that triangle slam occurred. I think that's when you saw like no slams in every jujitsu school go up. Because it's like, oh shit, I can, that was one of those things. It was like, I can do that. It's like if you're listening to music and you see something or you hear something that you've never heard before and you think, holy shit. It was like, I remember I remember the first time I heard uh, like Snoop and Dre on Deep Cover. Oh, and yeah. it was like, what the fuck is this? That slam, when, it, when you watch it. Uh, the first you now time know, you you're like, it. please triangle me so I can slam your head <laughs> but, on a concrete. He'd be dead. But you know, like that that had probably I, I'd never seen anything like that before. It, and it, the same thing with, and it goes to slams that that Fedor uh, Kevin Randleman uh, rest in peace uh, slam um, that. A lot of us, the first time we saw that, just like the Ricardo Arona slam, we thought somebody's gonna fucking die. Um, and and again, if it, if this happened in concrete, uh, he would be dead. Yeah. Um, so you, and, s- you see people that are, that are at that level, you know what I mean? And it's hard to see it. You know, people become a, a laughing stock. I think it discredits everything that they've accomplished throughout their career. And and I mean, but you know, like I said, I'm not one to tell people when they should and shouldn't fight. You know, like when your career's over, I don't think anybody should do that. But you'll be realistic. But yeah. if, you know, like if Vic was, say Vic hits, he gets his belts and he's doing all this stuff and he's a super champion and um, and eventually, you know, he wants to retire and then later on he goes to come back or whatever, I would tell Vic, I'd be like, Vic, look, you got you got these belts, you're a champion, you got nothing left to prove, man. Yeah. How about How about you help find somebody else's greatness for them? Take your skill sets as, a, as as your fighter. Take it, put it as a coach, and you help the next generation achieve that. Find greatness through that. Find greatness through coaching. Take your skills and pass them on to the next generation. And that way, you can still have your legacy of where you're at. And I'll be honest, a lot like Dwayne, right? Dwayne's a world champion, fastest knockout in the UFC. Now look what he did as a coach. Watch, imagine what kind of look at what TJ's career was, and then watch what happens for. Um, TJ's coaching career once he accomplishes all that he accomplishes. You Is see TJ what I'm saying? Back? Oh yeah, he'll be back. Who um, would you like to save against? Bantamweight division's pretty th- thick right now. Peter Yan. Peter Yan. 
Fun to watch. Uh, I think that'd be a great, great fight. I think TJ gets it done. Marlon Moraes, I think TJ gets it done. Um, Cejudo, I, I, I think you know, I think that the UFC is going to make TJ earn his way back. Oh, I, I, I think so as well. I think, um, I think it'll be great. But uh, I think TJ is going to be more devastating and dangerous because he's not one of those guys. He did his surgery. Like most of his fights were bad with two bad shoulders. Damn. That's why he had shoulder surgeries. He had two surgeries? Two sh- on both arms. So, okay. Both shoulders. So, for him, which, I like, it worked out for him, even though he had a suspension. The, he's, the using his, he's using his suspension very wisely. Oh, yeah. Getting both of his shoulders. I saw videos of him throwing punches. His hands look faster. Jeez. And, and I mean, because he's recovered and he's fresh. And his, and his arms are and shorter. His, and his arms are working better. I think, <laughs> I think, I think for him... You know, he's not one of those guys that, like, had a lackadaisical layoff. He's working and he's being aware. So I think he comes back better. I think okay. he comes back better. Um, everybody in the divisions kind of played out. You kind of see what's going on. You now know, here's Marlon Reyes. You see how he, um, oh, what about that with uh, with Jose Aldo? That would be a fun fight. I'd love to see TJ Ooh, fight Jose. That's a that's a fight you do on like UFC, you know, three. Like that's a that's a video game fight. I would like, love that was, to see that fight. <laughs> that wasn't like that wasn't like a possibility before, but like that's a real possibility now. Yeah, I um, think Marlon won that fight. I hate you know people are going to disagree with me. I think that Marlon controlled the distance, um, but you know Jose controlled the octagon. But I think that can be misconstrued sometimes. When somebody's drawing somebody in, it looks like Jose's pressuring him, but really Marlon's drawing him in with movement and footwork and turning him. You know, so like, well, he had octagon control. Well, did he? Who was leading that dance? Was was Marlon running? Or was Marlon pulling him in and Jose's recovering the gap and using that to come in aggressively? Do you see what I'm saying? So who's really leading the dance in, in that instance, you know? Um, but I would love to see that. Any of those would be great fights. Any of those. TJ Peter Yawn, TJ Jose Aldo, TJ Marlin, and then fight Cejudo for the title. That, it's, you it's, see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm watching this in my head, like, I'm, like visually. Yeah, like, this the Bantamweight weight division is this pretty This is a exciting. great story. Like, yeah. it's... Uh, it's um, is I want to see Joseph Benavides fight Cejudo. Well, I guess they uh, they stripped the 125 belt, and so I guess it was going to be... <coughs> oh, that's uh, gone now? Yeah, well... Okay, well, I didn't pay attention it, to that. The, I the, that. So I guess it's... I, I hope, Joseph, I hope Joe, Joe... Joe is fighting Benavides. for it. I believe I, my understanding is Joey, is, uh, Joey Benavides is fighting for it, and he absolutely should. Um, uh, dude, I, he's needed that. He, he, like, he was so close with... The, you know, like, I mean, his time with Demetrius, and he's had a long time since he's got a chance to fight for that title. Uh, and I, I like Joseph Benavides. He's a really... He's a good dude. I, um... I used to feel feel bad for uh, for him being dodged for the the title fight. I, I used to I, I really did feel bad because I really do feel in my heart that um, it it wasn't a fight that made a lot of fight, sense for Henry Cejudo, uh, so he didn't want to do it. But then I realized that I figured out who he was married to, and I was like, it's you know what, like life ain't that bad. Megan Olivia, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like. Fuck it, you know, like you're you're going to see Little Women with uh, with a really pretty lady who is really into what you're doing. So like, fuck it, you know, like you'll you'll get there eventually. What's going to happen is eventually going to happen. Go enjoy Little Women. Yeah, I mean, I've watched Joe Sabinavitas since the WEC. 
You know, he's so I'd love, I'd really love to see him get a chance at the title. You know, he's a hard, really, he's guy yeah. who's been around forever. It's it's very much like like Tony Ferguson. He's been around forever. He's won a lot of fights. Uh, also, and, and he's he's, he's just a nice guy. Never met him. I've met him. I haven't. Vic's trained with him. Polite, respectful. I asked for his autograph. He gave me his autograph. Like you know, as even though I'm a coach. Uh, when I talked with him, you know, I was like, I want to say thank you for letting me watch practice, stuff like that. He's like, no, thank you, because you guys are the reason why we do it, you know. Like, the things that he says, he's just a humble, nice, respectful, polite guy. That's a killer, right? But, like, to be honest with you, if you're going to be a fighter, like, I, I like Joseph Benavides and his demeanor. I like who he is. Bows on the mat. Bows off the mat. It's nice to people. He's nice to uh, respectful people. He's not above anybody. He just he's just a great dude, yeah, you know. Great. And that's that you know. So for me, a person that's like that, that's been in the game for a real real long time, worked real hard, had some close times. Um, he had to have some surgery because I think he blew out his knee. There you go. Comes comes back, good person. I'd love to see him get the opportunity to. So get you're that telling time. me that she sees something in him as well. I'm sure, right? All right. Probably. <laughs> Get out of here. Well, what I'm saying is, you have people that are arrogant, like Connor. Like, I know why he does it. He does this stuff for his money. But then he sets up bad. The next generation, they're going to be like, I'm going to be like Connor. Uh, uh, you're doing that because you see that it's cool. Right. You don't understand that it's a psychological strategy and a tactic, you know, versus being just a humble, good dude. Who who would I rather have my kid taught by? Joseph Benavides than Connor. Even right. if Connor's a great fighter. Because of his ego and his arrogancy and how he is and stuff like that. I'd rather have Joe B teach my kid. You know, or coach or, you know, share the mats with him. I'd rather have that than have some egomaniac and, you know. And, and you see with Connor, even though, like, fighting-wise, his tactics are great for there. But at some point in time, it bleeds into his regular life. And where does he have all these problems? What has he done? What's happened there? Oh, do you gosh. understand what yeah, I'm saying? No, I get it, yeah. So you start getting this ego, you know, and and these issues, and you think you can be anything because I'm Connor, right? right? And you have to believe, you have to believe at that level, right, for sure. But at the same time, what does it bleed into regular life? That's people have problems, you know, Johnny Jones too, right? He, I'm the greatest of all, blah blah blah, bleeds over life. Because of his arrogance, because of his ego. Right. Well, what happened? Here's a guy that's awesome, great champions, great fighters, but piece of shit outside in life. You want you want your kids to look up to that? Uh, I don't know if I do. I but is a uh, is a man. So and this, see, was, this is, well, this is one that yeah, came up. Joseph with, V. I'd love to see him get the title because he's a, a hard worker, been there from the beginning, a good dude, not arrogant, respectful martial artist. But, about it. But people see, but but people haven't necessarily seen the setbacks that Joseph Benavides has had, right? So they they he hasn't he hasn't had the same setbacks at the same level. Like, and I was just thinking about okay. this with um, this with John Jones. Um, like he he <laughs> fucked up when he was like super young and, and super famous. Uh, you're you're the probably the most single famous like individual athlete in the United States. And the world besides is, Tiger Woods, besides Tiger Woods, the world is the world is sucking your dick. Like the um, you, oh, no. you know, like and eventually you're you're gonna go a little bit off the rails. This dude got um, before like before Christmas, after Christmas, giving away coats. 
in in uh, now he's made the adjustment. He learned that. But Joseph Benavides would have given away coats without being in trouble first. But you know? but but not everybody does it right. I'm not knocking John Jones right. Like as long as you you can make mistakes in life, and as long as you get the right answer, then there you go. My thing then is like the forgiveness though. Like when yeah. Okay, so this dude posts it on his Instagram because hey, that's what he's supposed to do, right? He's um, on the right path. He's helping people. The consistent hate though of. Like people can't. People want everyone to forgive like their mistakes immediately, but it's like they're they uh, to publicly offer forgiveness to somebody who did something that didn't affect them. Um, but Conor McGregor punching an old man uh, because he didn't want to drink your shitty whiskey, um, and and how do I know proper twelve is shitty? I don't. I don't drink. Um, but. You're gonna punch some. You're gonna punch an old guy in the head because he doesn't want to take a shot with you. But that's, see, that's what I'm saying. That's you kind look of at the thing that makes you not want to take a shot with somebody. His trouble with the bus, you know. And I get it. Like, I mean, uh, Forty Eight Laws of Power, the book by Robert Greene, is like um, your reputation is invaluable. Guard it with your life. But then they also talk about um, reputation good, is the cornerstone of right. Yeah. Just um, yeah. All publicity is good publicity. Because even if you do good things, you're in the limelight. If you do bad things, you're in the limelight. When you don't do anything, you're forgotten. And that's the way that like you know, uh, like uh, popularity and society works. You know what I mean? Yeah. And love you, hate you, doesn't matter. Still gets me paid. You understand what I'm saying? I'm so, so being the bad guy, you know, oh, people hate Connor. They're, They're still gonna Connor. pay. They're yeah, still gonna pay to watch Connor lose. Yeah. We love Connor. They're gonna, still yeah. gonna pay to watch Connor win. Yeah. Good publicity, bad publicity is all good publicity. The only thing is, is that's not good is when you're forgotten. And and that's the Forty Eight Laws of Power by Robert Greene. The the book that he talks about. He talks about different hierarchies in life, and how these laws play throughout different high-level historical values through time, right? Same concepts. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't agree with it. I'd rather see um, somebody to look up to as being a people's champion, you know? Like believing, like Muhammad Ali, he believed, he talked some trash, but then outside, he was a hero too. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. He covered all the elements. That's what our guys need to do. It's okay to talk some trash, to believe, to pump up the fight, to do the psychological stuff, you shouldn't attack people's religion. You shouldn't attack people's family and parents. You know, like Connor did with Khabib. That's why I kind of stood behind Khabib. I know that Khabib shouldn't have jumped over the cage. Should have been a little bit more professional about it. But, dude, I get they it. take their religion very seriously. You can't just say things to people like that, you know, right. without having them respond, and especially his father. You know, when you're talking, doing attacks like that. That's where there's lines, you know. And Connor needs to know those lines. So just good people. How, how people handle it. It'd have been cool if Connor's like, yeah, I'm going to work you. And you ain't got nothing like, you know, like just talking trash about Khabib's skill set. You know, I'm going to finish you. You know, you ain't got nothing. I think that that would be great. Let's but, talk now. Let's talk now. It's yeah, just well, business. He's Let's it. talk now. And see, and that's it. Connor's saying it. But it wasn't for Khabib. You know, Khabib, it was a personal thing. And 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 then look at the mark that it did on UFC. So everybody loved it. It was all great. But then you have people, you know, jumping over cages and fighting people. And it brings out an ugly side. There was nothing good about that. I mean, 48 Laws of Power. All publicity is good publicity, right? Yeah. 
But it is a mark. It is a mark on us. And that was because Connor and that's because the UFC didn't control that stuff. The other the other thing is though is there's there's a, a much different level of forgiveness for like Habib jumping out of the cage and doing something that was unsportsmanlike because you have all of these other things that you take away the like Connor's shit like but yeah. you look at the things that Habib does and that he has done in the past the uh, after after the fight with Dustin Poirier like exchanging uh, shirts shirts and then giving um, it for uh, auction he has yeah. a, he has a thousand examples before and after of yeah. being like a good kind person so if he jumped over uh, the cage jumped out of the cage because he's the, the eagle anyway. Uh, and attacks Dylan Snaps Dennis, that fish up. who allegedly, and I don't know the guy, but apparently is like one of the few people to get kicked out of Marcelo Garcia's school um, for being a kind of jerk feller. And, you know, so if that's who he's responding to, then that's who he's responding to. But he has all these other things that he's done um, that say, no, he's a good person, but, you know, sometimes we all lose our shit. You push people, even a good person, this is a point. Everybody has a breaking point. You know what I mean? This is not... It's not... The UFC is not the WWE. It's becoming that. You know? But it's it's not. And I think that that's what needs to be separated. And I think it's up to the fighters to regulate themselves. I get talk. Like, look at Chael. Chael Sonnen was like the biggest trash talker of all time. He hyped up all the fights. You know what I mean? Still hypes up all the fights. He's figured out a new way to get paid yeah, off. Yeah, absolutely of it. right. He does that. You know, he talks his trash. He tries to sell use psychology to get in people's head, but yet he never really crossed like the line. I mean, he he crossed the line uh, uh, only with Anderson. Yeah, well, of with, course with, he had to get in Anderson's head. Uh, that was the only way he was. That was the only way he was like going to get that with fight. Jose. Like Connor with Jose, though, too, right? That's why Jose got knocked out. Yeah. Because Connor got him just like got in his head so bad. So bad. Made him want to shoot yeah, he just made him want to come out with, with the with the you know, not thinking, not being, you know, calm, cool collective like Jose is. And came out and got caught because he was thinking with his you know, this his heart his anger, you know, instead of being focused. If he'd had a little bit of the force. He could have levitated. He could have levitated, and <laughs> it would have been a head kick, and it would have been a completely different fight. Well, Jose caught him. He just he, he him. didn't stay tight. He didn't stay tight. You ever see the video where Connor was working that sequence too? Um, in the in in, the, in, in training, the, yeah, in training. like he, yeah, like it, that was actually one of up. their one of the videos they released. Like, yeah. and it was like the one he kept doing that one thing. Um, but it was like, well, fuck. I guess somebody wasn't watching what they were doing. Um, because well, psychology, man. So that's it. Pulling people out, making them angry. Like Yoana Rose. Here's a great one too. Yoana trying to mean mug, trying to bully Rose. Rose is staying calm, cool, collective, composed. Yoana keeps growing in intensity throughout the stare downs, pushing harder, being meaner, being more aggressive. Rose staying composed, staying composed. So who's emotionally breaking? Who's who's breaking psychologically? Rose is composed, holding. Here's the bully trying to use psychological tactics to try to do this. Here's a wall. It's an immovable object. It's comfortable. Who's being unsure? Then when the fight happens, she's unsure. She gets clipped, caught a couple times. She's emotional. It's not going the way she wants. It didn't go the way she wanted in the stare downs. Doesn't go the way she wants in the fights. Because she's fighting emotional. Rose is composed, calm, cool, collective. Not worried about the bully. Worried about herself. 
you know, there's a lot of things that's like you see these things that, you know, that worked for Yoana. A lot of times you see people change when you you know Yoana gets in their face, you know, and you see them. Yeah, it, I'm glad you, you pointed that out. I hadn't thought about that in a while, but going back to it, yeah, it just got more and more ridiculous. It's like, but it's like when you when you ignore your you know your kid, daddy, 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 when they're throwing a tantrum, right? Yeah, you just ignore them. Uh, eventually, like they settle down, and you get what you want to get. Uh, you know, like you're able to have, or a you blow up, and they got what they wanted. They wanted your attention, regardless of whether it was good or bad. Yeah, right? same game. Yeah, but if you ignore them, eventually. The situation tends to solve itself, or you lose your shit, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so if, so there's there's a parenting tip too. If your kids, yeah, if you're gonna be like Yoana, <laughs> you, yeah. need to be, you, you need to be like Thug Rose. True, it's a weird thing to say. You should Parent be more like Thug friend. Rose. Uh, yeah. You should you should as a parent, you should find your Zen and let your kid diffuse themselves and then kill them with kindness. And I love what Rose said at the end. She's just like, be a good person. There's a lot of truth to that. You know, just be there's, a good person, be a good human being. There's That's a lot it. of wisdom that Co- that lady's dropped. Um, one of my well, favorite... Coach, coach Whitman's her coach, and he's just like uh, an amazing... Trevor Whitman, he's an amazing coach. Just the nicest guy on the planet. Just just such a nice human being. Really like him. You can see that... And I'm not saying that that's because Rose or because of Trevor, but I'm just saying, like, Trevor's a great guy. I think that they share a lot of good same knowledge. You know, um, Rose is a good person. It's just a good circular it is, relationship. It is, it is. They're yeah. a good group. Um... So one of the things that, that she said on, on Rogan's podcast when she was on there with Pat Berry, they were talking about they were talking about eating. And they're like, Well, we don't like to eat things that, that we don't make and they they kinda and, and I could be it's been a long time since I've heard this, but it was to the effect of like if we can't make it like ourselves then uh, then we shouldn't be eating it anyway. She started talking about bread. It takes this long. If you're making bread from the way you're supposed to make bread, it can take all this amount of time, and, and no one has patience for that. However, uh, if you're talking about, you know, like eating, if you want to eat quick food, it's pretty easy to make uh, quick, clean, healthy food that you can eat, and it's much uh, much easier and, and convenient than, than making, like, the, the shitty version of whatever it is that you're trying to eat. Um, and, and better for you than going through and getting like a cheeseburger. I'm saying that because I'm getting Oh, I see. Burger. No, I see what you're saying. That makes sense, right? Kind of earning it. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you've, earning it. you've put your time into like putting together a good burger for yourself. It's going to be better for you all yeah, around you because it. you've invested yourself. You, yeah, in. you invested your time. It's a positive yeah. bent. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I didn't hear her say that, but that makes a lot of sense to me. I can see where she's coming from for sure. Yeah. So I, and if I'm wrong, go back and listen to that podcast. Tell me where I fucked up. Uh, I will. I'll text you right up. I'll be like, right here. It's a a good podcast. They're like, they're, they're, they're specific uh, podcasts I would recommend. Like the Farai, the first, maybe the first or second Farai's Zahabi on the Joe Rogan experience. Uh Uh, When they start talking about the supple leopard and stretching and and movement, just good shit to hear. Farai's is awesome, dude. I listen to him too. Yeah. You know, study some of the stuff that he does. Well, I study all of them. Um, any idea whether or not his philosophy book ever came out? That I don't know. Okay. I've just been watching some of his uh, stuff with Joe, you know, and him talking about training and some of his concepts and stuff. That's it. Smart man. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, I mean, he had a he had a competitive kickboxing career, but it wasn't like a long, super drawn-out thing. Well, his grappling's pretty gangster, too, you know, watching Done. him grapple and roll. Have you ever seen him roll? Who? Uh, Strasa? Yeah, Ross Harabi, how do you say it? I'm gonna fuck it up. George St. Pierre's coach. coach. Google that. Um, for, <laughs> I was gonna for say Rias, that. For, for Rias Yeah. Yeah. Ross. No, Ross. Yeah. 
Anyway, he's yeah. he's uh, awesome. He seems quite possibly like he might be uh, living proof that Canadians are really nice. Like, <laughs> he's got a lot of great material, like on eating and cool. training and like things that you do for jujitsu. Seems like a guy that has a lot of. He spent a lot of hours on top of like learning. Gives like, you great books to read. Like should. refers books for you. You know, um, that's good stuff too. Your reading and stuff like that. He's got a great bunch of material on there. Yeah, and uh, and he's put together some all star camps and uh, for TriStar, dude. You know, um, I mean those those Phil nice uh, Phil Nurse fights where you know they're bringing in everybody for everything. Like he's able to uh, work with uh, uh, shit Jackson, Greg Jackson. Yeah, well, I was going to say Peter Jackson, but that's the dude from uh, the directed Lord of the Rings. Totally different guy. Totally different guy. Although, if the dude that directed Lord of the Rings was also coaching professional fighters, make things really interesting. Yeah. The world would be that. That's how you know the world's a video game. Like this dude is directing these movies and he's directing these, you know, fucking. I can do that. Death wrestlers. He can. He can direct fucking fights and shit. I can. It's like <laughs> playing a video game. For real, it is. When you have Vic, Except right? it's, it's easy, right? You know your guy. You're like, yeah, I like this man. You like call it out, and he's like, well, bam. You're like, damn, dude, that was easy. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you feel like you're in competition then with their coach as well? Because with whose coach? The, your uh, with legacies? Coach. Well, in, with, with um, not necessarily with legacies, but whoever your your opponent's coach is. Um, yes and no, because like, uh, no, not really. I'm really focused on mine and Vic's journey, what our relationship is, and you know where he's at and how he's doing. Um, I don't really focus on them. You know, I really don't. I mean, I do the opponent. I study them, see what they do right, see, see what they do good, see what they do bad, you know, in my opinion. Um, look for strengths, look for weaknesses. You know, of course, I think all coaches do that. Um, but mainly I just focus on Vic, and it's it's the journey is about Vic. It's not really about me, you, you know, um, for his fights and for his career. Um, so... When we go over there, it's my focus is all about my man. Just making sure that he's on point for him to be the best he can be. You know, that's it. You know. Yeah. So. Um, I gotta start wrapping up. I got shit to do the rest of the day. You seem like you guys have shit to do the rest Some of the day. Stuff. It's New Year's Eve, man. Yeah. yeah. You guys have any plans? Anything you're doing? Happy New Year's. I'm gonna rest. He's gonna rest. I am gonna. I think go hold mitts for Mr. Mark uh, Thyler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I watch? Yeah, of course, man. Well, we also need to, you know, do some talking about things too. Okay. You know, nothing crazy, but yeah, I'm gonna do that, and then I'll spend time with my lady, and then I think I get my kid tomorrow. I think we're gonna go see uh, Return of the Jedi for him, or okay. that, or the new Star Wars movie. Right. But we're excited for this fight coming up. Really excited for be. that. It's gonna be big, you guys. When is it, Vic? Tell him. Tell him. February 27th. Yeah, is it? February 27th? For sure. 26th? 27th or 26th? 26th? <laughs> I don't know. We're going to find out for sure. It is the 26th of February is when Vic will be fighting Jared Mazurik for the 135 title for the AFC. We actually have another fighter that's going to be on that. Card. All right, I'm going to try to get him on that card. Is uh, Chris Trafon. Okay. He's uh, five and zero as an amateur, so this will be his pro debut. And I think we're gonna. I think he's going to come in for the 145. I think that that's the plan. Is coming at 145. So try to get him 
in a fight as for get him a fight on that card as well. As per 3AAC 306.360, Alaska Marijuana Control Board Cannabis Use Warning A. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. B. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. C. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. D. For use only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children. And E. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Red Run Cannabis Company License 3A10056. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators License 4A10052. Red Run Cannabis Cultivators License 5A19372. 5455 Kenai Spur Highway 12156 Kenai Spur Highway Kenai Alaska 99611.